If I could get your attention back this way, that'd be wonderful. As Rebecca said, uh, as she finished off notices, we're on the, the third and final part of uh, a little series we've been doing here on uh, caring and daring and how we want to be a, if you like, a caring and daring church. And in many ways, we've been talking quite a lot about our connect groups and connect communities. Uh, that's the little uh, diagram I've used a few times. Our connect groups are smaller groups that tend to meet in people's homes. Uh, you know, it kind of traditional if you've been around church for any length of time, anyways, praying and caring for each other. Uh, and you know, maybe been praying for the community as well. But many of them in the church are linked together in what we call a connect community. So a bigger group, often not meeting at homes and different uh, venues around uh, London, and with a bit more focus on how can we dare together to um, not like as in daring each other to do silly things, but being daring. Uh, as you know, if, like we just heard. Uh, something of Jesus is dare for us. I mean, just the depth of what Philip was reading in days prayer after us, Jesus dared to even give his life for us. That, and that's uh, ultimately, that's our motivation, isn't it? Jesus has died for us and he lives again and we want to live in his life and follow in his footsteps and dare to do great exploits for Jesus and to see his kingdom come. He commands us to love God, love each other, to care for each other, and then to go and make disciples all over the world. In fact, certainly all around where we live uh, and work. And that's, if you like, how we want to dare. And we can talk about how that looks and works out to some extent in our connect groups and communities. Now, we've had plenty of uh, testimony, people, people's stories. So, the first week, I spoke a bit more on the caring side of things and connect groups, and we heard from some people uh, just some of their experiences connect groups. We obviously brought up all the good stories uh, of where people have felt loved and cared for and where it had all gone well. And then last week, we had a few of the sort of more daring stories around some of the connect community life. Not that it's always completely separate and, uh, uh, and divided like that, because life doesn't work that way, does it? Um, not so many testimonies today. Hopefully you'll cope with a bit more of me this morning. Uh, but we are going to start off with one just to kind of, uh, yeah, just because it's good really to hear from people, hear what God's been doing. So I'm going to invite Dan and Claire uh, to say, you can give them a round of applause as always. So here we go. Come on, guys, come and, come and give us your story. So yeah, we just really wanted to kind of, I guess in a way, publicly thank God for his kind of miraculous provision. So we have a God who makes the seemingly impossible possible um, in our lives. And uh, kind of like two years ago, we started talking about moving flat. And uh, at the time, it kind of felt completely impossible. And we met with a few people. We started praying with our Connect community and talking about it and uh, just praying and uh, it took like over a year and a half of looking and way too many hours on right move. Uh, lots of wasted time in a way when we should have really just been trusting God and having our eyes fixed on him. But you know what? God never let us down in the process. And although we offered on seven properties in the end um, before we, we found this one flat that we now live in. And it is amazing. We absolutely love it. It's a miraculous provision. Um, God has designed it perfectly for us, and uh, we just want to kind of say thank you to him. But also thank you to the church as well and our Connect group, because all the way through the process, they prayed for us, they stood with us, they encouraged us. At times when it just did really seem impossible, I remember De Denise Brown, who's in, in, in my Connect group, said, you know, God is going to provide, he's going to open up the door. And we specifically wanted to stay in Bermondsey. 
And uh, God has allowed that to happen. So thank you to everyone who's supported us, prayed for us, and uh, hopefully you can all come round for dinner at some point. I just want <laughs> He won't be kicking. <laughs> um, I just want to say just really quickly on the whole thing of housing, because um, it's kind of linked, because I know a lot of people have got housing um, stuff going on in the church. I, just, I guess, you know, the temptation for some people, you might sit there and think, well, that's, that's okay for you guys. You were actually, you know, privileged enough to be able to buy somewhere and look at that. But, you know, many years ago, um, I, was, um, I was on the council list, and um, it wasn't bidding like now. It was where you just literally sat on the list and just waited, hoping that you'd get a place. And um, I was told by the council that it was going to be six months living in Southwark and then two years after that that I'd get a place, which is pretty good, actually, compared to now. But in that time, it seemed like a long time, you know, just to wait two years. I was living with friends. Where was I going to live? And I'm not going to go through all the details of the story, but basically... Um, I, was on the, I was in Southwark six months, and then I was on the list two weeks um, before the council gave me a flat. So I guess the, the kind of thing of the story is that God is able, whether it's waiting for a deposit to buy, saving for that, or whether it's, you know, you're bidding every Thursday or Friday on the list, um, you know, he is able to provide for us. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. For a second there, I thought Dan was going to give me Elliot as he was just walking towards me. That just, <laughs> so the caring church, I thought that just wouldn't work. But uh, no, uh, obviously, uh, can I say before I forget, the end of the service, uh, when we often, you know, we just encourage people to come for prayer for all different reasons, you know, healing, provision, whatever. If you've got housing issues going on now, which pretty much I've been in the church 18 years, always seeing somebody's got a bit of a housing issue going on. It's quite tough in London in many respects. Please come and get prayer for it. Please get involved in your connect group community and get them praying for it and be trusting God. And obviously, just a great story. Now, Dan and many of us have been aware of Dan and Claire's sort of journey, at least to some extent. And it's great when you see God come through, isn't it? And uh, maybe many of you are waiting for that, for God to come through and what that's going to look like. So please get prayer for that. And so please obviously get stuck into your connect group and get people praying, etc. So for the rest of today, we're going to be talking, or not the whole of today, the rest of the service. Uh, we're going to be just looking a bit more about how we'd love to see, if you like, a bit of the future shape, you might say, of our connect communities and groups and the whole of the church sort of life develop in terms of We've been hearing over the past two weeks, so if you like, some of our structure, but not just the structure, obviously the stories of people where the church is in action, uh, caring and daring and loving one another and uh, telling people about Jesus and often encouraged through being involved in Connect involved through Connect Community, being involved in the church, and that's our heart as a church. And in some ways, just want to expand that, I hope, a bit this morning and get us thinking and dreaming again about all that God is calling us to. And I've got a couple of um, little short Old Testament passages again, which I hope will just form a bit of an illustration and get our imagination going. And if you like, our heart before God going, liking the, the pictures that are created uh, through these stories. So from 2 Samuel 8, this is about King David again. We looked at him uh, in a passage last week. So um, when the Arameans of Damask- uh, Damascus came to help uh, Hadadiza, the Giza, king of Zobah, David struck down 22,000 of them. He put garrisons in the Aramean kingdom of Damascus, and the Arameans became subject to him and brought tribute. And I love this phrase. The Lord gave David victory wherever he went. 
Now we'll come back to this in a second. Quick, this 2 Samuel 8 lists quite briefly a load of David's victories once he's got a bit more established in the kingdom. And uh, see verses 5 here. A bit later on, verse 13, we see a similar story but with a different nation that's been fighting against him. So uh, verse 13... And David became famous after he returned from striking down 18,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. He put garrisons throughout Edom, and all the Edomites became subject to David. And then this phrase again, the Lord gave David victory wherever he went. So it's, uh, this sort of little thing happened twice. A nation uh, comes against the nation of Israel. David's nation, the Jews, David's king by this point, and they fight, and there's a victory, and David establishes garrisons, if you like, at the frontiers of his kingdom in the other nation. They become subject to him, and the the Bible gives this little underwriting statement, the Lord gave David victory wherever he went. Obviously, it's meant as a real positive Uh, David has become famous, he's winning victories. This is a good thing. It's like all that the Israelite people had been looking for for uh, really hundreds of years coming out of Egypt. Moses takes them through the desert, promised land, setting up the kingdom. Samuel, who we'll be speaking on a bit next uh, uh, year, in the early in the year, looking at Samuel setting up the kingship in Israel and leading a nation to come establish. Saul first goes wrong. David. And then you get these victory stories coming through. And it's a bit of a pinnacle of the nation. Things are going really well. And I hope it just gives a great uh, picture for us thinking, what does, if you like, victory look like for City Hope? What is it that God's laying on our hearts that we would love uh, to see him do through us and use us for? And I want to use this in illustration, just drawing out a few things. So last week we looked at a passages where before David was king and different tribes or elements of tribes... The nation of Israel is in 12 tribes, came to David uh, when he was fleeing Saul. And kind of a bit of a ragtag bunch, but they joined him uh, as these sort of groups of tribes. And they were daring to, to fight at level. And they were winning, if you like, little pockets of victories, but they were not de- defeating whole nations. And we just talked a bit about, um, obviously, the connect communities, if you like, and that picture of daring these sort of tribes of peoples, not the whole church, but different ones. You involved in these connect communities, 20, 30, 40 people. There's enough of us to dare to do some things, to reach out in the community, not fighting and slaughtering, but loving people, loving the people around us and showing acts of kindness and service. But here it's like the whole nation has now got together and because it's now under David, and they can win bigger victories, you might say. They're able to take on whole nations now, not just little skirmishes of other sort of ragtag bands and raiding parties and sort of tribal warfare, and they're defeating sort of kings and, um, you know, the nation of the Aramaeans, and then the Edomites, who are ancient enemies of Israel from family links gone sour and everything. And just want to say, we want to be a whole church, don't we, that wins big victories. That's able to, if you like, bite things off that, in a sense, are beyond us, yet with faith in God, seeing them bring us through to do things together that we couldn't if we were, if like a, simply a smaller church or smaller churches. And we want to be a church that's growing and knows how to pull our resources together. One of the phrases phrases John Greenway, one of our elders, often uses about us thinking through what he'd love to see us become. He's not here today as a resource church. 
that God would bless us with resources that, as he is doing, and will continue to do so, we believe, to go, if you like, just beyond ourselves and to serve the kingdom of God and to serve Jesus' purposes to, to, together as a whole. So things like the, um, what you might term our global mission work, if that's the best way of putting it, often through Dave and Leslie, uh, you know, where we're sending them off to different locations around the world, being a blessing to other churches. You know, we had a special offering a little while ago. We gave some money outside of ourselves to different causes there. Uh, you know, our social action stuff that we do, Christians Against Poverty, and the work that Sue does. Uh, all these things actually just cost money. So there's a resource need there. They, you know, they do cost money, but there's more than that. There's sort of personnel, skill, uh, you know, time, capabilities. That these are, if you like, larger ministries. You know, the work of CAP is a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, work that links with obviously a national organisation, but gives us capabilities of really helping people get out of debt in a very skillful yet evangelistic way. And it's an amazing thing that we do. We want to see things like that grow. And we want to be one whole church in that, don't we? This is nothing new, but it's just on our hearts. We want to keep growing into that. We want to play our part with um, the churches together in sort of Bermsey and Southwark called C4T, across Southwark as a whole, Southwark for Jesus. We're involved in those things. Uh, it looks like we might be doing some big mission in uh, next September with a whole bunch of other Southwark churches. Watch this space if that comes off. You know, we want to be together, part of something bigger. And in part, we want that because obviously we want to see more and more people come to know Jesus, don't we? And we want to be a larger church and to grow, to be a growing church. There's this recognition as well that living in London, there's things on a scale in London that we would love to grow in a scale ourselves to be able to make an impact. Think how many people that are in debt around us. How many more people can we reach through the work of CAP and all of you guys who are involved in the work of CAP? And we want to stay, as if you like, like the sort of nation under David, able to go and take on bigger things. But it's very interesting when David uh, wins these big victories, he then sets up a garrison. He doesn't just draw his whole sort of army back, his whole nation, he doesn't just keep it just all together in that sense of just one big uh, blob of massive army defeating other larger armies as well. But he posts garrisons right in the frontiers of his kingdom. To, uh, and the nations around him come, become subject to him. They bring tribute to him. And something of the kingdom of, of David, his kingdom, is really growing clearly through the gar- garrisons, through these outposts, through these frontier things that are really pushing into new territory and gaining ground. And I think this wonderful picture for us of how we do want to be a church that somehow, in the way, wants to keep pushing out, setting up garrisons, if you like, Stretching out into new territory, not just in a sense just coming here and being one big church, or not that big maybe, but one, a growing church at least at Harris and serving these sort of central ministries and resourcing them and many of you involved in them, but to mobilize us in sort of garrisons around about where we live. And obviously that's what we were talking about through the Connect Communities a bit, that there's ways in which they are garrisons, they're outposts of City Hope. They reflect something of who we are. So it's you guys, it's me and you involved in these smaller groups living in our localities. But together, a reflection of City Hope, but not the whole of City Hope, looking to 
um, see God's kingdom extend to our friends and neighbours, the people around us, looking to tell people about Jesus, looking to dare to do things together. Now, Garrison is described in the dictionary, he looked it up, as um, uh, a, a, a group of soldiers uh, in a fortified place. A fortified place. It just got my imagination going of what we want to be seeing through our connect communities and then growing and, and everything. How, if you like, we've got to have something of an attitude of soldier. The Bible speaks about this in various places, doesn't it? In terms of following Jesus uh, to the ends of the earth, even if that's just your neighbor across the road, but something of a soldier mentality that we're serving him, we're obeying him when he commands to go. And a fortified place. You know, say we do really want our connect communities and the groups to be places fortified with love. And so it can sound a bit trite, maybe, but it was often the phrase we use. You want them to be genuine communities of love. The fortifications are obviously not sort of timber or bricks or anything like it would have been in David's time, but they're secure places. They're places where the Spirit of God is involved with us, the community of God's people garrisons, outposts, out in the world, if you like, but fortified by love, loving one another, both caring and daring together. And we'd love to see these grow. And say we sort of as elders, some of the leaders we've been talking about this through, we love to see our connect communities growing, obviously as people are saved and added into them, as more people join us as a church, and seeing if we can't strengthen our garrisons out on the fringes. And the, the phrase we uh, use... Uh, it's kind of nicked. It's kind of really in-house churchy language. We haven't come up with better wording yet. It's talking about us being a church with on sites, which almost very simply would mean that uh, we wouldn't just outgrow Harris and then just go to a bigger venue, but we think about how uh, where the church is, where we are represented in the community, where our heart is, where you guys are already reaching out, could start becoming its own Sunday expression as well. Get, if you like, get your own Sunday meeting. We've been actively talking as a leadership um, beyond the eldership about what it might look like if we met in three different Sunday locations. But with a heart that grows, not just that we you know, stick a pin in the map, but that the heart grows out of where's God been giving us victories Where's the sense in which we've been seeing people gather and grow and fortified garrisons that can enlarge and grow and become, if you like, have enough resource to become its own Sunday site that reflects almost what God is doing naturally among us? Can I say for us to get to sites, it's not like an an organisational thing so much. There will be some organisation involved, we hope. Uh, But not so much as that as just seeing how God grows us and extends us, a mentality of the soldier fighting on the outposts, if you like, the garrison, seeing people come to faith, seeing the church grow. There's a verse here from uh, Acts, which is a New Testament book, describing the church. It's quite well known because it's just an exciting moment in the life of the church. Now, those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed travelled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. In the early days of Christianity, uh, it was primarily a Jewish movement right at the start. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. 
so it was like an outpost skin. It was like it was right in the frontiers of the kingdom of God, this time very much our gospel kingdom extending. It had been successful among Jews, but some went and extended it to the Greeks, not been done before. And a and, and great number of people believed the Lord's hand was with them. A very similar phrase, actually, to the end of the, uh, the other passages in Old Testament. The Lord gave David victory wherever he went, but at the end of this passage, the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. There's quite a lot of similarity of the sense of God's kingdom extending and growing. And we want to see this, don't we? And there's a sense in which we must be those willing to be like the soldier, to think about the garrisons that are going on around us, our connect communities and groups to see God's kingdom come. Thankfully, we're not being persecuted and scattered. There's a sense in which we want to catch that heart of scattering the gospel all around the places where we live and work, of course, and seeing what God does, looking for the Lord's hand to be with us and seeing what will grow. And, of course, out of this, the church in Antioch came and it became this big uh, sending base for Paul and Barnabas and it was one of the big churches of the day in the end. This is what God started here. As some Christians scattered, but just took the word and looked to see what they could do as they told people about Jesus, as they gave them the good news. And we want to get this on a heart. We are, as I say, we're actively talking about this. There will be some elements of organisation. Some of you may have already thought, hang on, the carol services in three different locations in different, uh, uh, you know, different areas that reflect sort of Bermondsey where we've got people, Rotherhithe where we've got people, the Peck and Camberwell, Newcross guys. We're not making huge statements with that in terms of saying that's where we're going and that's what we're doing. We're really not, but it's a reflection of our heart. This is how we'd love to see us uh, grow as a church more and more and more. And so please, really get behind the carol service, whichever your area is. Let's get involved. Let's see what that looks like. Let's see what it feels like. Let's see who wants to come along and celebrate Christmas with us. And let's see where it may take us in the future. Probably not straight away, but a bit further down the line as we keep working through our connect communities and groups and seeing how God grows them. And obviously for the time being, we keep coming to Harrison, enjoying God's presence, hearing his word and growing in our faith here too. Now, I say the, um, the, the, the Christmas cow services, in that sense, a little, you know, they, they stand on their own. We want great Christmas cow services. We feel they'll be good in the venues they've got, we've got and everything. But they're a tiny little feeler as well for how we think things might shape up in the future. There's loads we don't know. But one of the things we do know is that we really need you guys to be involved. You've got to be up for this as well, fighting for this, praying for this. You know, being good soldiers in your garrisons. This I'd like to just read a passage from uh, Romans, one of Paul's descriptions, if you like, of the church functioning together. So from Romans chapter 12 and verse 4, it says, Just as each of us has one body with many members, and those members do not have, all have the same function, so in Christ we who form one body, that's us, one body, his church, City Hope, and each member belongs to all the others, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it is contributing, sorry, if it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. I don't think Paul ever intended that list to be. Uh, ex- ex- exhaustive, as if that's the only things 
we have as gifts from God and the only ways we can do things, but just as an illustration. But his point was, God has gifted us among the body, all with different gifts, and yet all one body. And there is such a sense which we need to be um, you know, working together. And if God has called you to be a part of this church, maybe you're visiting us this morning, then you must get stuck in, as it were. God has given you gifts for the body, which are different to other people's, and we need to see you being a part of this. At one level, please can I simply encourage you, we're going to get the uh, leaders up the front again in a second and pray. Get involved in a connect group and a connect communities in your area. Get stuck in. We've got big hearts and plans for how we'd love to see this grow. We need you involved and your gifts and your prayers and your energy. And at another level, if you like, as we become a church that's kind of looking to be the whole church and the different specific, if you like, larger ministries, we want to keep going as one church, yet going on the ground in that sort of garrison-style language at the frontiers. There's going to be opportunity for many different types of gifts, I think. The, peop- the gifts that will work well in one setting might be different in a different setting. And we believe God gives us the gifts that we need, so please get involved. And you might think, Cap is the thing that really resonates with me or some of the stuff on the global mission or getting involved in leading a connect group, whatever it is, doing kids' work specifically. We need people to come with a servant heart and get stuck in. So many of you are, of course. I just want to stir this up more and more. But maybe there's specific things as well as we look to grow, as as things change in the church, which I'm sure they will if we grow, uh, then there might be things you think, that's what I can do, that's where I fit, that's where I'm really going to fly and what God has called me to do. And we want to see that happen, don't we? So can I ask, um, there should be five groups of people representing the five sort of areas uh, to some extent, we've got people on the ground. If you guys could come to the front, I've forgotten my signs, my very important signs, are next to Caroline. Somebody could bring them out. So it's the Connect community leaders and uh, Connect group leaders uh, from different areas. So if you guys come out, I know we've got some uh, stand-ins as some people are away. Pete, condition all out. Here we go. Thank you. So you should stand along the front, look smiley, hold up your signs. That's wonderful, Mary. Thank you. So, as we've been covering the last few weeks, these are, if you like, um, obviously some of you don't live directly in these areas, but many of us do, and that's where we've begun to see connect communities and connect groups sort of take root in a locality with a heart to see that area reached and grow and and who knows what it may become one day in terms of sites and Sunday's expressions and you know our sort of vision statement as a church we talk we'd love to be a church of a thousand plus people but maybe meeting on five or six locations on the Sunday we don't know exactly how that will work out what it will look like but we've given a vision for something that's definitely beyond us that we'd love to see God do among us but we do have these guys and you guys on the ground now which we want to see God um, work through and bless don't we so I just want to pray for us, pray for the church, pray for these guys, uh, pray for you that's involved in them. And if you're not involved yet in one of these groups, one of these areas, then please come and speak to, you know, look at the sign, which, which is your area, note the face, and come and speak to these guys over tea and coffee. So even if you don't like the look of the face, please do that, yeah. So, 
So let me pray. So Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for just the the history of City Hope, Lord God, all that you've done among us, Lord God. I mean, before it's called City Hope, Lord, this is our 150th anniversary, Lord, of a church in this area serving the people of London, Lord God. And Lord, we want you to keep uh, firing us up, Lord God, for your kingdom, with your gospel, with with the love of God on our hearts to tell people around us, Lord Jesus. We want to be stirred again, and again and again, Lord God, of remembering what you've done for us on the cross. Lord, as we heard in the worship, remembering your new life that you've given us, Lord God, and to share that with people, the good news of Jesus. Lord, and you're shaping us in this way, Lord God. We want to reach people in the areas where we live, Lord God. We want to reflect London well, Lord God. We don't want people getting lost in the crowd, Lord God. We want to see these connect communities and groups, these areas growing and flourishing, even as we grow and flourish as a whole church, Lord God. Lord, and we pray for these guys here, uh, leaders and representatives of what's going on on the ground midweek. We pray, bless them, Lord God. We pray they be caring and daring communities, Lord God, uh, with the love of God and yet taking the gospel to people. Lord, and we pray, bless us as a church that we would grow, Lord, on a heart to see different Sunday locations start at some point to better reach out, Lord, to the areas where we live. Lord, we commit that to you. Lord Jesus, we want to be behind this, a soldier's mentality fighting for the gospel. Lord, please come us in Jesus' name and bless us. Amen. Amen.